0: Can't believe we're doing the two best movies of all time two weeks in a row i know right first megan now this i'm aaron i'm tom and this is baby's first watch list the podcast covering our first hitchcock movie for the babysitters club don't you love it yeah i do actually i feel like hitchcock was like sketch
1: Uh, He was very intense. He was not
0: known (laughs) for treating his um, women, uh, his actresses very well. Big surprise. Today, it's all about 1958's Vertigo.
1: He was married for a very long time to one woman, though. uh, He wasn't one of those people that was in and out of marriages, which is interesting.
0: He was a one-woman man. Alma. Didn't uh, Helen Mirren play her at some point?
1: That sounds right.
0: I think so. Although she did not look like Helamire. We looked her up yesterday. No. She just didn't. It just is what it is. This classic psychological thriller starring James Stewart, best known for
1: A lot of stuff.
0: Well, what's he best known for?
1: Um, maybe It's a Wonderful Life, I guess?
0: I would say I would say that, but also My Family for getting lunch with my Nana. Yes. when she worked at the rare book section yes. of, print, of Princeton University. Her two claims to fame were that, number one, she helped Alex Haley find research for Roots.
1: Which is legit. That's awesome.
0: It's so cool. And two, she got lunch with Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) Um, So Well, I mean,
1: his filmography, top to bottom, is wild. Yeah. He he did a lot of the Frank Capra stuff, so he did It's a Wonderful Life. He did um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Uh, He also did... Things like Rear Window, which is another Hitchcock. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Vertigo, of course. The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, which I just recently watched, which is John Ford. Um, is he, d- he the man or is he
0: Liberty Valance?
1: He is neither, <gasps> which is kind of the yeah, the thing. Spooky. <laughs> yeah. It's not spooky. It's a Western. It's really oh, okay. good, though.
0: So, yeah. It stars James Stewart. Is he always billed as James Stewart?
1: I noticed that at least in Rear Window and in It's a Wonderful Life, he was. Wow. Yeah.
0: But we know him as Jimmy. Yeah. It's weird. And Kim Novak, who is best known for Vertigo. Vertigo but she was, I. but it's weird because she's like super famous.
1: Yeah. Well, Vertigo was a big movie at the time, even though it wasn't, as I'm sure you'll we'll get to, it wasn't super well received at the time. Yeah. It was a, still a Hitchcock, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was in the print at the height of his powers at this point.
0: That's true. It also started before Psycho, but. Yeah, Psycho was his big moment, I yeah. guess. Yeah. It uh, also starred Barbara Bel Geddes, who is best known as the matriarch in the TV soapy Dallas. Dallas. Um,
1: I've heard that name before.
0: Yeah, me too. But that's what she's best known for. It's me cracking
1: open a cold one. It's a mint green tea spindrift seltzer.
0: Yeah, it's actually really good. I want you to wait. Let's get your first impression.
1: It's not as cold as I would like because we didn't have it in the fridge for that long, but it's really good. Isn't it delicious? Yeah. I love it. I recommend it.
0: Yeah, it's like a a seltzer. Spindrift
1: should sponsor this podcast.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's sparkling water. Sparkling water with green tea, mint green tea. Is there a difference? Time. Between sparkling water and seltzer? I don't know the answer to that.
1: Well, that's not what this podcast is about, so <laughs> Perfect. you can research it yourself, listener.
0: <laughs> the film Vertigo was based on the 1954 French novel, which in English is From Among the Dead. Ooh, spooky. Is that spooky? Um, Which is by Pierre Boileau. Boileau and Thomas Marcajar. <laughs> I took Spanish.
1: I don't know if we have any French listeners, but <laughs> we Sorry. won't we won't <laughs> after this.
0: So it was uh adapted or at least credited um the screenplay to Alec Koppel and Samuel A. Taylor separately. I'll get into mm. it.
1: Was there a fight over the credit?
0: Uh-huh. Yep, there was. Of course, this is directed by I don't know. Would I put maybe the most famous director ever, Alfred Hitchcock?
1: I would say if we're talking like, yeah, maybe the most famous ever. I'm like, like, name a director. I would say it might be Hitchcock and Spielberg.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. Or Scorsese, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, true. Those are like the the biggies nowadays. Well, but to me, why Hitchcock maybe is it is because he's like mad old.
1: He's old and he's like mythical.
0: Yeah. And like... Like people were like, "Oh, John Ford. Nobody knows who John Ford is." John Ford I'm is you right John
1: now. Ford is also way less of a cool name than Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, which right. I think plays into it. Alfred Hitchcock is a suspense master's name. Plus, it's a perfect name for 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 what he is.
0: He also made a lot of cameos. He wasn't in this one though. I don't think. I don't think so either. But um, he made a lot of cameos in his movie, so like you knew what he looked Stan like. Stanley vibes. And, <laughs> like yeah, the whole thing. So. I don't know. So Hitchcock Ben Affleck
1: vibes, I guess, from a few episodes ago. (laughs)
0: Um, He's known for I put Psycho first. Vertigo and Psycho are the two. Yeah. Um, North by Northwest. He did Rebecca, right? Uh, Yes. Rebecca, The Birds, Mm -hmm. Rear Window. Yes. And others. He was nominated for 46 Oscars. Insane. He won six of them. And he never won Best Director. He was nominated, really? I think, twice for it. I'm like, sure that's a big famous thing. No, he might have been nominated a lot of times. I don't remember. That's but. a
1: big famous thing I probably should know. I'm sure it was in the Oscars book I read. And I'm sure but.
0: it'll be on trivia. Yeah. Um... But yeah, he never won Best Director, which is crazy, which is why I feel like they're, they're they were like, oh, Scorsese, we're just gonna give it to you for The Departed. The Departed, right? Like people do that a lot of
1: times. You don't want that person to go unrecognized,
0: exactly. So Scorsese, still like, hold up, I got like twenty more years, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> movie making, so relaxed. Yeah. Um,
1: also, The Departed is not even close to his best movie, but okay, it's but not The a Departed slaps. It's a fun movie. It's very fun. It's not his best movie.
0: Whatever, he got it, and I get yeah. it. Yeah. Like they should have done that with Hitchcock
1: maybe i guess it would have been for like the birds or psycho it must diane be for, warren for psycho. is
0: diane warren's like oh my god please <laughs> <laughs> um so cinematographer robert burks editor george tomasini and music guy
1: composer <laughs> composer
0: bernard herman they were all kind of hitchcock regular yeah. contributors yeah and collaborators so i've just put them down like their names um but something interesting uh composer bernard herman his last score before his death was taxi driver really which is a huge film and i think a lot of them worked with this one with uh i forget what movie oh shoot um i forget what movie it was but there was oh cape fear the original cape fear like oh a yeah. bunch of people that like work with hitchcock a lot also did that um the script, this is like the big con. It's not really controversy, but it's really interesting. The script was really written by three people all separately. So Maxwell Anderson, he wrote the original script. He was not really known for movies. He did more, I think, theatery y stuff. Okay. And so he was older. He was like 68. And he wrote the first script and Hitchcock was like, no. <laughs> so then um, Alec Koppel took it over. He gave it a shot. Rejected again. Then Samuel A. Taylor he added in some other stuff, so he added in Midge. Okay, um, so she's like a the secondary main character, like friend, yeah. yeah. And um, he changed it up a little bit, and that was finally to Hitchcock's satisfaction. Um, so Taylor, that guy, the third one, he Damn wanted man. a solo writing credit, uh, but because Cop- he cleaned it up, right? But Koppel, he protested that and complained to the screenwriters guild yeah and so they were like all right fine and so he got added so it's not a duo that writes right it's it was three separate guys the first guy he didn't get nothing and then the second guy because he protested and complained he got added um to the writing credit and i thought found that that's kind of like this uh, citizen kane situation right. yep with so and, watch uh, mank if you are really really like insomnia based <laughs> if you really need to go to sleep and you also are kind of interested in writing credits but also you literally have not slept in days and you need any like anything you will take anything watch mank <laughs> a great movie
1: uh, <laughs> academy award nominated 10 times i think yeah
0: it was like the most nominated that year like okay um Listen, there's no accounting for taste.
1: <laughs> I liked it.
0: Okay. Um, Vertigo was shot on location in San Francisco, California. You can tell. I love movies shot on location. I just do, and it also was shot in Hollywood on the Paramount Law as yes. well. In fact, it only was in on location for like sixteen days for the then, location shots. For the location shots, yeah. and that kind of like the room. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although, didn't
0: they drive to San Francisco for one thing?
1: Uh, they did a. They went for the football a, scene? They did a helicopter for all the all the all the shots. <laughs> like the, the establishing stuff.
0: shots. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. And um, two months they did it in not the room. This movie. Yes. Two months they filmed in. On the Paramount set, yeah, um, it is the first movie to ever use the dolly zoom,
1: which is the vertigo effect, right?
0: Which is the vertigo or Jaws effect, right? Because the most famous use of it is in Jaws, actually, um, and it kind of alters the perspective by kind of like zooming in, to so, like or zooming out. I, I
1: it almost looks like if you're looking down like a like a finger thing, you know those like finger connectors, yeah, like things? the finger trap, Chinese yeah, finger, finger traps. traps yeah. If you're like pulling that apart, that's kind of what it looks like. That's a good way to put it. Yeah.
0: I don't really get the technical stuff. I... Even though I feel like this is the most, like, basic thing. I
1: have it here. I have it in my, like, trivia section. I don't know if I'm going to get to it. It's one of those things where it's, like... I don't know if I can explain it right. It's one of those
0: things where, like, if you see it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think of when he looks down uh, from the... Is it a monastery or whatever? The the bell tower. And it's the whole, like... Yeah. That's that's what I think of. Yes. Which Listeners, you'll understand that. (laughs) So, Hitchcock... I don't know if you knew this. I had to go to a separate Wikipedia page for this. Oof. Hitchcock This is what we call research. This is a research. Hitchcock first wanted to do the dolly Zoom during the filming of Rebecca.
1: I, I did read that. Oh, but... I love Rebecca. Just I never it.
0: saw it, so I need to see it. Yeah. Um, You'll but really like it. He didn't get it the way that he wanted, so he didn't use it until Vertigo. He
1: didn't like the technology.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what technology? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's yeah, exactly. of course. Um, and Rebecca was nineteen
1: forty, so, so that was that yeah. was eighteen years before this movie.
0: Yes. Uh, yes. That is good math. Yep. It's um, like how
1: James Cameron wanted to do Avatar in like the mid nineties. And just was not gonna happen. Yeah. Um uh,
0: I would love to see a mid nineties avatar. <laughs> Oh, actually no i wouldn't stop don't do that <laughs> um don't take a time machine and make that happen when first released the meh, 128 minute long it's a little long um vertigo had a mixed critical reception some u.s critics found it to be a little slow um especially in the first act uk critics disliked it quite a bit yeah um but there was one country's critics who loved it. Do you want to guess? It's very obvious. What verdict? Uh, France. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> French yeah. critics loved it yeah. from the start. Um, Orson Welles, in particular, hated it. <laughs> I love Orson Welles so, so much. Orson Welles, of course, did Citizen Kane. Yeah. And he's also involved in Menk. <laughs> yeah. And well, his his sort of likeness about... yeah. is, yeah. Um. So he said it was worse than real rear window. And he also hated rear window. <laughs> Orson Welles was one of those guys that was just
1: trashing people on the way out. Oh
0: yeah, there's <laughs> interviews with him. Like you can watch it on Twitter, YouTube, whatever. He just trashed. He just massacres people. all
1: these old directors.
0: Um, yeah, which is kind of iconic. Yeah. Um, Martin Scorsese, a young man during Vertigo's release, loved it. He's like, I don't know why, but I really like. All of us thought it was like crazy, like yeah. really good. Um, Hitchcock said in an interview that it was his favorite film, but he blamed its initial failure. I know this. Do you know on the fact that James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart at 49 looked too old for 24-year-old Kim Novak to be his uh to be love interest. To
1: what I say, uh yeah.
0: <laughs> Honestly like yeah, but at the same time like it, I feel like movies from that time period had that so often. Yeah, I did not find it to be like oh my god.
1: It wasn't like weird or anything, but I, I mean it, looking
0: back it's like yeah that's weird. It wouldn't but happen today
1: and it shouldn't. Like it, you know, it's 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 just unrealistic. Right, uh, but and I think that's what Hitchcock recognized after the fact. But you you got to put you got to put Jimmy Stewart in the movie if if he's if he's available. Here's
0: the thing, though, when you get to the whole theme of the movie and stuff, yeah, and, and it sort of fits the whole idea that it's about obsession, controlling and controlling, and yeah. he's kind of going mad the whole time, like. Who's to say that she was really in love with him this whole time anyway? Like, what's real, what's not? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, we we'll could kind of we'll make get to that, that
1: argument. We'll, we can get to that.
0: Yeah, and and the fact that it seems like, not that J- Jimmy Stewart was a bad looking guy, but like not. the fact that it seems a little unrealistic age wise kind of lends itself to that interpretation. Yeah. So I don't know.
1: It just doesn't play with like him saying that he was in college with Midge and they're like 15 years apart. Right, like that part; those parts of it don't play
0: for me. Right, totally. Um, commercially, the movie in its like original release made back its two point five million dollar budget. Yeah, but it wasn't considered a huge hit, especially by Hitchcock's standards at that time. Like I said,
1: he was like on top of the world.
0: Yep. Um, but eventually, it did make seven point three million dollars. Critics overall have since changed their mind since its original release um well something because it was mixed now it's pretty much universal acclaim I think it has like a 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes um, vertigo has been high on sight and sounds best of list so every 10 years any year that ends in a two, two. Um, they release a list of the best 100 movies and they expand it to 250 right they yeah. have like the extra yeah, yeah. um but the, so the
1: big list is the top 100.
0: Vertigo didn't make the list until
1: 1982.
0: Really? Um, And it kept getting kind of like moving up a little bit. It started at not number nine, I think in 1982, it wasn't on the list. 72 wasn't on the list. 62. And then in 1982, it was, I think, well, well,
1: it was lost for about, for a while. And I talk about that. And that's probably why it came back later Mm -hmm. on into the, into the list.
0: Um, it ranked number one in 2012, uh, beating citizen Kane, which had been up there for number one for a long time. And it is currently number two. It was ranked number two in the 2022 list behind, an old is it German film or French film? It's one of the German, t- I think. An old German film that is like some lady's name. Jean Dielman. And I'm like, okay, what? Who chose? Like, no, nope, I'm bunch wrong. Of it was, people- oh,
1: it's oh, the director was Chantal uh, Ackerman or Ackerman uh, is French.
0: I wonder, like, did a lot of people get together and be like, yeah, let's just like vote her?
1: Well, it was, it was number thirty-five in 2012. Right. So.
0: How does it jump that many?
1: How did, how did Vertigo jump? It's just I don't know. It's something that people maybe rediscovered or there was a re-release or there was something and True. people were like you know what this is this is the best ever
0: it ranks high on many other critical lists. vertigo does as well including being number nine on afi's most recent top movies list so maybe i got that confused this satan's on one what in 1982 where it was ranked but it doesn't oh, matter oh, okay um one interesting thing about vertigo is that as you mentioned, Tom, it was one of five Hitchcock films removed from circulation um, from 1973 until 1983. Uh, so you couldn't find it. You couldn't watch it. Uh, no it, streaming. Right. And there was no <laughs> streaming. Right. I'm sure you could like get a bootleg copy of it somewhere. Maybe. but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of movies that I'm are just I'm sure lost. if you go to Kim's video, right? Yeah, Kim's video. <laughs> Shout
1: out Sundance.
0: Um, so, it gained a lot of popularity when it was re-released in 1983, and then it was released on video in 1984, um, and then it became even more popular after its restoration in 1996. So, yeah, they restored it, adding back color and stuff that apparently yeah. was lost in the negatives yeah. to it, um, which I think was, it was slightly controversial at the time, but now it's like, who cares?
1: Because it wasn't the original artistic, whatever. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and when the Library of Congress first began choosing films to include pre- for preservation, for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant in 1989, Vertigo was in the first batch of movies. So it was one of the first movies chosen um, to be preserved. Uh, Vertigo. Soon to be Megan. Yeah, Megan will probably be chosen next year. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the it's kind of like the uh, baseball Hall of Fame like you have to wait a certain amount of time yes. and then she's a first rounder. She's a Derek Jeter. She's a first ballot, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, it's like that. It's kind of like the rock and roll Hall of Fame where it's just an inevitable conclusion. Yes. I uh, sort of like the Spice Girls. Yep. So sure. <laughs> Vertigo has been seen as an extremely influential film. There have been remakes in different um languages. There was a weird video game that came out in 2001 that got pretty bad reviews. <laughs> I
1: didn't know that that existed. Um
0: but you know, Mulholland Drive, one of the big film bro movies, uh David Lynch classic, that heavily uh relied not relied on but uh used, it drew it drew inspiration drew, from. drew inspiration from vertigo and with the
1: two women especially
0: david lynch like explicitly said that yeah, 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 yeah um and you can really see the influence in a lot of different movies a lot of things um and that's just kind of the hitchcock vibe too yeah
1: um but the, with hitchcock he goes a little bit above and beyond it's it's very um dreamlike and like creepy well especially f- in the first first half
0: i do think that the dreaminess of it and the um uh, risks that he takes is why a lot of critics really like this movie um i don't know that it would be seen as like the best movie of all time if you're asking like audiences to write you know if you're going that way like the Rotten Tomatoes, Critics' Picks, Audience Popcorn Bucket. I don't know if... What is the Audience Popcorn Bucket? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. You'll have to look that up. But I will say this, that a sequel has been announced.
1: Sequel or remake?
0: Oh, remake. Um, (laughs) uh... Imagine (laughs) a sequel. That would be kind of wild. With Robert Downey Jr. attached to Star and Steve Knight is involved. So Steve Knight, he is probably best known to... All of Us is the creator of Peaky Blinders. Yeah. And then, weirdly enough, as you mentioned, he was one of the three creators of the original Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes, the British version, which the British became version, the American which version. which became the Regis Philbin version. Yeah. I love... Which
1: became the Meredith Vieira version, which became the Cedric the Entertainer version, which became... <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Uh, okay, I've got the numbers on Vertigo. Uh, like you said, the to- uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is a 92%. The audience score on 100,000 plus ratings, 93%. That's pretty good. Yeah. So just about even.
0: So, Tom, give us like a super brief summary of this very (laughs) simple movie. Very
1: simple movie. Okay. I will do that. We start with a cool credit scene. It's a woman's face and there's like a kaleidoscope of all the credits and everything. And everything's sort of going in like a... It's all just kind of a weird little setup. You should watch it on YouTube. It's really cool. cool. I'm I'm a sucker for a good opening set of credits. I need a
0: good opening set of credits to be like, this is the movie, man.
1: After that, we jump right into it. There's a chase across the rooftops of San Francisco. There's a criminal. He's running away from a police officer as well as Detective John Scotty Ferguson, played by Jimmy Stewart. The thief jumps between two buildings, followed by the officer. Scotty tries to make the jump, but he can't quite get his footing. He slips, hanging onto the gutter as his fear of heights kicks in. He looks down, you get that first
0: vertigo effect. Yeah, that was so that crazy. I, was like, <gasps> I literally was, right? You heard me. Yeah.
1: Uh, the police officer walks over and tries to help him up, but just slips, tumbles over Scotty, and falls to his death. We were like,
0: what? Shocking. Great opening scene, yeah. though.
1: Scotty apparently survives. Uh, months after the incident, he reclines in the home of his friend Midge, played by Barbara Belgedes, a painter and fashion illustrator. She's concerned about Scotty because he's, you know, retired from the police force due to his acrophobia, Sphere of Heights. Midge and Scotty apparently were engaged in college, but it was broken off. And it's clear that it kind of was probably Scotty that, that
0: blew her off. Uh it's kind of interesting. Actually, I'm gonna wait on this. I was gonna ask your opinion on the Midge like why she's in this movie. Yeah. Okay. But I'll wait. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll talk okay, about it later. We'll talk
1: about it. Uh so they discuss an old college friend named Gavin Elster who wants to meet with Scotty. And Scotty goes to meet him, and Gavin is played by Tom Helmore. Maybe you know. He was in fifty
0: movies from nineteen forty one to like for a while, and then he just like did nothing. Yeah,
1: Mm. Uh, he's in the shipping business, and he married into that business, uh, which leads him to talk to Scotty about his wife. He wants Scotty to tell his wife. While Gavin doesn't suspect infidelity, he hints that his wife has been possessed by something because she has become distant and distracted, roaming into the city and the surrounding area.
0: Okay, wait, but he's also like, oh my God, come like hang out in this like really beautiful room that yeah. is my office, but also looks like the cocktail hour space and Nina's in the park. If you've <laughs> ever been to that North Jersey wedding venue. <laughs> Do you remember when he said that? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> He was like, the mac and cheese bars over here.
1: <laughs> I somehow left this out of the plot summary. <laughs> uh, the no-nonsense Scotty initially dismisses the supernatural undertones of Gavin's worries, but he's nonetheless intrigued. He heads over to Ernie's Restaurant, which we hit Ernie's a few times in this movie. First of all, did you know this? Real Ernie's, Ernie's was restaurant. real,
0: and they, it was like, that's what it looked like.
1: And Hitchcock used to go there all the time.
0: I am obsessed, and it closed in 1995, so yeah. I can't go there anymore. Scotty spots
1: Madeline Elster, uh, Gavin's wife, played by Kim Novak, at Ernie's restaurant, and it's a lavish, like, scarlet-themed restaurant, and he's mesmerized by her platinum blonde hair, black dress, and green shawl. She's
0: gorgeous. Green is a
1: green is the color of this movie. Envy, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, the next morning, Scotty stalks Madeline outside of her house, and she gets into her green car and drives off. Oh yeah. Scotty or, and I
0: even said, oh, uh, that's so smart that they use the
1: <laughs> a green car so you can see it. <laughs> Scotty follows Madeline through the streets of San Francisco as she visits a flower shop and she purchases a small bouquet. She heads over to a cemetery and she stands at a grave inscribed with the words Carlotta Valdez, born December 3rd, 1831, died March 5th, 1857.
0: I'm so sorry. I'm going to say a little fun fact. And we're too. in
1: 1958, just so you remember right. that.
0: Another fun fact here. They actually put a fake grave for like Carlotta. They built it or made it. And then they put it in that cemetery. Then eventually San Francisco was like, okay, this is like disrespectful because like it's become a tourist attraction for a fictional person (laughs) at a real cemetery. So they took it out.
1: Uh, Okay. I didn't know they did that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I would have went. Scotty then tracks Madeline to the Palace of the the Legions of Honor, which is an art museum where she stares at a portrait for hours. In the portrait is a bouquet of flowers, much like the bouquet Madeline bought, and Madeline's hair is the exact same style as the woman's in the painting. Scotty discovers from the curator that the painting is titled Portrait of Carlotta, and he's given a catalog of the paintings. Finally, Scotty follows her to the McKittrick Hotel, where he sees her in a second-story window. He walks in, talks to the manager, My asks... queen. I love the manager.
0: Never to be like seen, seen again, again in this movie. Yes. I loved her.
1: Ta- uh, he... Asks her who the occupant of the room is, and after a little bit of sort of back and forth, she reveals that the woman's name is Carlotta. Carlotta. Valdez. She says, though, that Carlotta has not been in the room all day, although Scotty just saw her in the second floor I was window. Like, You're lying. So Scotty goes to see for himself, and when he gets there, sure enough, the room is empty and the green car is gone from the front of the hotel. That was spooky. Scotty returns to Midge's house and asks her for a historian of the city. They visit the bookshop of a man named Pop Liebel and ask about the McKittrick Hotel. Pop tells Scotty that the hotel was originally a house built by a rich man for his mistress, Carlotta Valdez, and they had a child. However, the rich man eventually discarded Carlotta, keeping their child to raise with his childless wife. Carlotta went from depressed to insane and finally took her own life. Speaking with Gavin, Scotty learns that Madeline had begun to wear Carlotta's jewelry, particularly a ruby pendant shown in the painting, and that Carlotta was her great-grandmother, although Madeline doesn't know this.
0: That pendant's your little uh, Chekhov's gun situation. Yeah. Comes back later.
1: The next day, after another visit to the portrait, Scotty follows Madeline near the Golden Gate Bridge where she inexplicably dives into the water. Scotty dives in after her, saving her and bringing her unconscious back to his apartment. When Madeline wakes up, she's obviously alarmed, but Scotty explains the situation and reassures Gavin by phone that Madeline is at his apartment safe and sound. Gavin tells Scotty that Madeline is 26 years old, the same age Carlotta Valdez died by suicide. The next morning, Scotty trails Madeline through the streets again, only to find that she was heading where, but to his house to give him a thank you letter. Scotty insists that they wander together and they go to Big Basin Redwood State Park, which is a stand-in I think for Muir Woods.
0: Muir Woods, which I've been to and it's so much fun. If you want to, there's a website, it's like Muir Woods Tours and it's just like this guy Tom who takes you around. And it seems super sketchy, but it's not. He's like super nice and he has his wife make a bagel sandwich, but like one and then he splits it between everybody in the tour. It was like the best. I loved it.
1: So they're walking in the forest and they view a cross section of a tree (laughs) with the approximate dates of a bunch of historical events. And Madeline suddenly goes into a trance recounting the dates of Carlotta's birth and death. Like through the tree rings. By the shore, Madeline reveals fragments of her vague memories. An empty grave with no name waiting for her. An empty room in which she sits alone. And finally, a tower, bell, and garden in Spain. The pair kiss as the waves crash onto the rocks on the beach and Scotty promises he will never leave her
0: they drama, dude. He leaves
1: her. Later, Madeline returns to Scotty's place and tells him of a dream of a tower, a bell, and a village again. And as she describes the location, Scotty realizes she means the San Juan Batista, which is a mission that has been converted into a museum, and they drive there. When they arrive, Madeline explains she must do something, and they kiss again and express their love for one another. Scotty realizes when she enters the church that she is heading for the bell tower, and he gives chase. After a few flights of stairs, Scotty looks down and his vertigo sets in. Again, you get the... Mm-hmm. the, the the finger trap shot uh, and he's paralyzed. He watches helpless in fear and horror as he hears a scream and Madeline's body plunges to the tiles below Madeline's dead. Scotty staggers out of the mission dumbfounded though. He's cleared of wrongdoing. It's a really great shot. It's like, it's like from like way above and you see the authorities over like on the rooftop, like tending to Madeline and you see him like almost like an ant, like the size of an ant, like sneaking around the back of the, of the,
0: nobody does it like Hitchcock man. it,
1: It was really good. Um, Gavin comforts Scotty. Uh, Oh wait, I missed one Scotty. Yeah. So he's, so he's, he has that little like trial thing and the judge, you know, declares it a suicide and Scotty doesn't face any penalties for it. Gavin comforts him, and he tells him that, with the loss of his wife, he cannot stay in San Francisco, and so he ditches it for Europe. Scotty starts to have trouble sleeping. He sees an animated bouquet unravel. He dreams of seeing Carlotta at the hearing, and he walks into the cemetery to see an open grave. He falls into the grave, and his body lands next to Madeline's on the tiles of the mission, and he wakes up in a cold sweat. He's in a psych ward, where Midge tries to comfort him, although he will not speak.
0: He's like catatonic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Several months later, he remains in the grip of an obsession. He visits the old Elster home and spots the green car, but the woman who approaches it is not Madeline. Same at Ernie's restaurant, same at the museum. While looking for a bouquet at a flower shop, he spots a brunette in a green dress who resembles Madeline, and he tails the woman back to her fifth floor uh, room at the Hotel Empire. When he knocks on the door, the woman is concerned, but after a conversation, she reveals her name to be Judy Barton. She's also played by. She's like, hey there, I'm Judy. I'm from Selena, Kansas. I'm from
0: Selena, Kansas, and I am kind of sassy.
1: But I look exactly like Kim Novak because I I look exactly
0: the same, except I got some eyeliner, dark hair, and a new attitude. Yeah.
1: Judy realizes that Scotty's heart is broken after their brief conversation, and she takes pity on him, agreeing to go to dinner at Ernie's.
0: Never would happen in real life.
1: (laughs) After Scotty leaves, we get a flashback. Judy turns, literally, like breaks the fourth wall.
0: I was like. First of all, I was all on my phone, so Tom had to rewind it so I could rewatch it. <laughs> and then I was like, this is crazy. Do you know that this scene yes. right here. Okay. Yes. It was originally the denouement, yes. aka the end, the end of the book. Yeah. And he put it right in two thirds of the way through. Yep. Tell us what what's revealed. We get a flashback. Judy is Madeline running
1: <laughs> up the bell tower stairs. At the top, Gavin Elster is there holding the body of the real Madeline Elster dead. Dressed in the same outfit as Judy, it turns out it was the real Madeline's body that was thrown off of the tower, with Judy letting out the scream.
0: Which, by the way, we did not get at first.
1: Huh?
0: We did not get that at first.
1: No, we didn't. <laughs> uh, the 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 nineteen fifty eight of it all made me think that it was like a fake body that was yeah. just, that was thrown <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, Judy has apparently kept the gray suit she wore as Madeline in her closet, and she looks at it, and then she begins to write a letter to Scotty explaining the crime, but she tears uh, she tears it up. Judy and Scotty engage in a series of dates, and little by little, he begins to make Judy over in the image of Madeline.
0: That's weird. I'm sorry. It was very possessive,
1: man, of it. He searches obsessively for the gray suit and white gloves that Madeline used to wear, and he even convinces convinces Judy to bleach her hair. Although Judy begs him to love her for herself, she is so in love with Scotty that she allows him to change her into Madeline. In love with? Maybe not. I I, I took this from a.
0: This is why, like. At first I was like okay this is my least favorite part of the movie because it's just not there's no way she's in love with him like he's weird like he's acting weird he's not like they have nothing in common they're not it didn't show any time of her getting to know him really yeah but then I thought about I'm like this is maybe this is from Scotty's perspective so he thinks that she's so in love with him whatever
1: and it's more like she's scared of him right she's intimidated right yeah. And I
0: know she wrote in the letter, but she tore the letter up, and he never ended up reading the letter. No, so maybe that's his... if that was a,
1: that was an, exp- an exposition,
0: right? Thing, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I liked the whole like oh she's in love with him thing, or yeah. if it's a like an interesting view of like well that's what his perception is.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, Scotty insists that Judy pin her now platinum blonde hair up exactly how Madeline did, and she does, completing the transformation. She like walks out of the bathroom, and there's like a, dr- and it's like really dreamy, and there's like a green glow, again green, uh, a little foggy, like yeah.
0: San Francisco itself. Maybe and they
1: embrace and kiss. Well, there's a there's a green neon light outside, and I think that's what the is it kind
0: of it kind of reminded me of the Great Gatsby green light, yeah,
1: something like that, which is like longing and things like that, whatever, or the
0: Lord's song,
1: yeah, exactly uh so as they embrace and kiss the room turns into the mission where scotty last kissed madeline and then back to the apartment it was kind of like a little Mm -hmm. like what he was thinking kind of kind of deal wow a couple of
0: nights later that was a cool yeah that was a cool little
1: a couple of nights later they decide to go back to ernie's as as one does
0: heck yeah man judy
1: dresses up also
0: (laughs) wait hold on ernie's is an italian american restaurant where they just give you like a ton of like Italian food. So just imagine like every every day they're like, I need more lasagna. Yeah,
1: yeah. We got to get some more fettuccine Alfredo from Ernie's. <laughs> Judy dresses up and puts on the same ruby pendant in the portrait of Carlotta, which sends off alarm bells in Scotty. He becomes distant uh, and he drives the two not to Ernie's, but down the coast past the Redwoods. Oh, gosh. They arrive, of course, at the mission where Scotty forces Judy to reenact Madeline's last moments, their final kiss, Madeline's parting words, the whole thing. He relentlessly sort of nudges Judy up the stairs and he's like really menacing and intimidating. And he discovers in the process as he looks down that there's no vertigo. He's good.
0: Which Midge said earlier that like in that second scene or whatever, an act of trauma gave you that vertigo or whatever. It might take another act of trauma to erase it.
1: Yeah. Uh, He reveals to Judy that her putting on the necklace that belonged to Carlotta is what gave her away. Not the fact that she looks exactly like Madeline. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) Uh, As the pair reach the top of the bell tower, Scotty finally puts the final pieces of the puzzle together, realizing that Judy was the fake all along, and he never actually knew the real Madeline. It was always Judy. Scotty realizes that Gavin set him up as a witness in the murder of Gavin's own wife. He pulls Judy to the top of the tower over her protests, as she pleads that she has fallen in love with him, and they kiss. Suddenly, though... A strange woman appears in the shadows, startling Judy, who steps backwards and plummets to her death <laughs> off the ledge. We were like,
0: what? the, the nun, It's just a nun who's just like, hey, what are you guys doing?
1: A nun steps into the light, and in the final shot, as the nun tolls the death bell, a devastated Scotty stands frozen, looking down off the ledge, having lost the same woman twice. It was wild. Vertigo. You know what? I, vertigo. You know what I love about that? As he's looking down, you know he's having the vertigo, but they're, the restraint there... The direction doesn't show it, mm-hmm. but you know he's having it right there because you can tell by back the way again. he's like.
0: Um, did you know that there was originally an extra scene? No. So apparently, in an added scene at the end, he goes back. Uh, he's in Midge's apartment, and they're like, like having a drink, and they're saying that like, oh, they're getting extraditing the husband, Gavin, Gavin back. And then they just look out the window. Mm. And Hitchcock was like, No, I don't want this. No. But the studio was like, No, we need to like make it so that the guy, the bad guy, has consequences. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care. It's not about the bad guy. Right, exactly. And yeah. so he won and they didn't keep it in.
1: Yeah, this is a character study. It's not about it's not about Gavin. Yeah.
0: It's like wow, that's a, such a good movie. Yeah. Okay. So you know what? Let's start with the Midge question. So yeah, Midge is like <sighs> Gotti's friend. They were they dated and were even engaged for long, like long time friends. Long time yeah. friends with the history, whatever. Do you? And then okay, you didn't mention in the plot summary because let's face it, Mitch isn't even that important.
1: Yeah, I I had some of it in that I just kind of blew by. Yeah,
0: she like was she painted a picture? Yeah, she's like, a painter. Yeah, of like her as Carlotta, like almost well, as it a was, joke. Well, I don't get it.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get the. And f- he
0: got mad thing. and left and she was like, stupid, stupid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird scene.
0: And then that was like the last you saw of her.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I thought that was kind of weird.
1: No, I think there was another scene with her, but it was just like, it wasn't oh. like. A- oh,
0: I know. When he left um, Madeline's apartment. Yeah. And she was there and she was like, oh, Johnny-o. She called him Johnny yeah. um, like randomly.
1: Well, because they're they're a different type of friend than everyone else who calls him Scotty. Okay. you know they're they're deeper friends than
0: that actually that's like the exact like big reveal in a book i just read okay where it was like oh his actual name is this because he was closer friends with them and they called him by a nickname maybe they got the that whole time Vertigo. it's like this nickname but it's really him um so that makes sense so my question is like what's the point (laughs) what's midge doing like like do you think she was necessary do you because i think she was and i'll give you a reason why
1: well she's there to she's there to move the plot along okay she's there to give the the bookshop guy she's there to give oh yeah pop langle pop yeah exactly (laughs) uh she's there to give um she's there to bounce the ideas off of you know
0: okay i think that's an interesting perspective i took a different approach to my thoughts (laughs) okay we're different Um, people so that's okay i think that she is the grounding uh moment of like this is the real life woman that this guy could be with yeah and he's so oblivious towards this like really beautiful accomplished friend that he really appreciates and and likes and could have a real rel- and loves him clearly. Yeah. Um, and he could be in a happy, like, light have a happy life with, and instead he's so blinded by his own obsession with this fake imaginary woman that doesn't even exist and pushes her completely to the side. Um, to go for this, um, fantasy that that just was never gonna come true, yeah. And I like that. I yeah. like that juxtaposition, especially because Midge doesn't look like Kim Novak, but there's similarities there. Um, and like Midge just like wears glasses.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but it's, it's I think, a super interesting addition.
1: She's also like almost like a stand-in for a mother figure because she calls herself, they, they call her... He's like, Oh, stop being so motherly. Like yeah. he, like they're like sort of like playfully like jabbing at each other and he like yeah. calls her his mom or something. So like I think there's something there too. But I didn't really Sure. I didn't think too much about Midge. But I like that I like that perspective.
0: Thanks. Um, so yeah, you mentioned in the plot summary that uh Gavin is his Scotty's like friend from college and he yeah. he's like, Hey, I wanna talk to you, like, yeah, you wanna get together. Like if a random college acquaintance right now or even in five, ten years, just randomly like Facebook messaged you or Instagram mess DM'd you or whatever, or like had your number and texted you and was like, Hey, do you wanna get together? I wanna talk to you about something. Would you do it?
1: It depends on who it is, of course. And it depends on like if they wanted me to do something law related that I was involved in practicing.
0: Oh, okay. I would
1: think about it. Okay. It depends on who it is though. I mean, it's it's definitely I would definitely go in a little bit guarded. Because like, what's going on here? Why, why, why now? And why don't we talk normally? Right. You know. Yeah. Especially if you're living in the same city. Yeah. Like, I mean, Sam, I mean, it's a city, so it's not like that. But if you're an old college buddy, why haven't we, you know, gone out to the uh, the Japanese tea garden? You know. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Exactly. My answer is no. Okay. I said here, boy, nobody does it like Hitchcock. What's your favorite Hitchcock movie that you've seen so far? First of all, which ones have you seen? Um,
1: okay, so I've seen Vertigo. Yeah. I've seen Rear Window.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. Grace I've seen
1: Kelly. The Birds.
0: Oh, you have. Tippi Hendron.
1: In high school. Oh. Uh, I also saw Rebecca in high school. Oh. I've seen Psycho. Yeah, it's a great movie. I've seen like his big ones. I've seen yeah. like those. Those You've are. You've seen like, more than me. Yeah.
0: You, have you seen North by Northwest? I have not, but me I know either. obviously
1: the iconic uh, plane. Scene. I
0: thought that was in Vertigo, and I'm like, nah. why isn't? Where like,
1: where the plane's at? <laughs> yes, literally.
0: <laughs> literally. <laughs> so, which one's your favorite, Tom? The one I think about the most is Rebecca. Yeah, you you talk about Rebecca all the time.
1: It's a really good. I love ghost stories. I love those types of movies where it's like, does is this real? Does it exist? Well, that's like this one. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Uh, this one I just haven't had enough time to sit with it yet. Yeah. This one could eventually be my favorite, but. Uh, I mean, right now I think it's I think it's Rebecca. It's just got such a such a vibey movie. It's hard for me to really. I have to watch it. Like, yeah, we'll do it for the podcast. Okay. Uh, now that we've opened up the Hitchcock floodgates, but yeah, I mean, maybe it's not as good as I remember. Maybe I just watched it when I was seventeen and really loved it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just love stories like that. I love like even when we were reading stuff in English and like I wasn't really into the books like I loved reading Henry James's Turn of the Screw. Mm-hmm. Like that's a ghost story. I love ghost stories. The
0: creepy stuff always gets. kids the, love the, the creepy, creepy
1: stuff. the creepy but not scary stuff. Yeah. Like I've always liked that more than I've liked things like straight up horror movies, which I do like now. But when I was a kid I was more into like the eerie kind I of like stuff. I like that too. I've yeah. always
0: loved that. Psycho is probably my favorite.
1: I didn't like Psycho when I watched you it gotta the first re-watch time, it. but I watched it a very long time ago.
0: With the and I'm sure you watched In a contrarian it, well Yeah, in a contrarian a, 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 in a con- you were kind of listen, like that. Two
1: two things here. One a contrarian way and two, I watched it expecting a horror movie. As, I was
0: gonna say that you were expecting it to be super scary yeah, in twenty twenty three. Well, in
1: two thousand six, two thousand and seven, right,
0: let's say. Right. And that's just not the vibe. Yeah,
1: I think I would I think I would like it a lot more now.
0: It's so funny though, because my grandmom said that she saw Psycho. With uh, my grandpa at a uh, mom and Kathy and Pop at a drive-in theater, and she said it was the scariest movie. Like I believe she it. She was terrified. I believe it. And I was like, "That's amazing." Things were just so different back then in terms right. of. Right. I mean, horror I mean, it had is been... a scary movie. It actually is. Well, like, it's, it's 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 so it's, disturbing. It's just
1: not scary. Like,
0: what's on screen is not necessarily scary. Right. It's, it's what the it means. Ideas. And the, yeah. yeah. Um, but I love that one. And honestly, Rear Window slaps. Rear Window is awesome. It's so good. Um, it's
1: another one where Jimmy Stewart. It's uh, I. I made this comment to you when we were watching the movie, and I think of the four Jimmy Stewart movies I've seen, which I have mentioned. Uh, in It's a Wonderful Life, and in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Jimmy Stewart is your your white meat, all American every kind man, of, yeah, every man. Uh, he's in Liberty Valance. It's him and John Wayne, so he's like the smarter, more uh, polished version, and Wayne is obviously the the grittier cowboy Rougher. version. Yeah, uh, and so. He's he's like your 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 white meat baby face, your John Cena of those two movies. But *It's in Wonderful the,
0: Life* is so good. But in the
1: two Hitchcock movies, he's like he's mentally deteriorates. He's like almost the, he's the villain of this movie, really. I mean, Gavin is, but yeah. like in the in our narrative, he's the villain. Yeah. And in *Rear Window*, he goes nuts. Yeah, I love him. It's <laughs> and there's a murder like. in that oh too that he like. Like, w- did you witnesses. see it or yeah. did you not? Like, yeah.
0: oh, it's so good.
1: I think it's interesting. I don't know Stewart's entire career, obviously. I've only seen less than a handful of movies, but it feels like Hitchcock drew something different out of him, which is a cool, a cool thing.
0: It is nice when you have actors that, uh, when they work with one particular person, you see a new side. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Good answers, Tom. Um, okay, well, speaking of like different movies, and this is one that like I did not want to give you any previous time because I want top of your head. This movie is very San Francisco from the start. Like, I knew like that. It was from, it was in San Francisco. It just has what? Go ahead. It just, you to see the room. <laughs> it just has a Bay Area vibe. Like, San Francisco just has a very distinct look, feel. You can almost just like sense the sea air yeah. and the fog. We've
1: also both been there multiple times. We have
0: been there multiple times. So we are. Once we- together, once each separate. I went twice separate separate. and I love that city. I love San Francisco so much. It's so distinctive and singular. Yeah. I, I just love it. And I said here, um, it does a great job at setting it there. I always like movies where the setting is almost like a character they it happens a lot with New York City. Yeah, it happens a lot with like Philadelphia. The Hughes movies in Chicago. Chicago, New Orleans. Yep. like if it, there's a movie set in New Orleans, you know. Well, it's like funny. Girls Trip.
1: Well, <laughs> it's funny because uh, Bernard Herman, the guy who wrote the who did the the score, he said that the movie didn't feel like a San Francisco movie. That it felt like uh, a seedier type of movie than that. So he imagined not San Francisco but New Orleans when he wrote the, when he wrote oh, the score.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? I kind of got a little New Orleans vibe from it too, with the ghost story of it and the, the, um, kind of history, dark history,
1: New Orleans, another one of my favorite and least favorite cities. And there
0: you go. Um, I just feel, and again, it being filmed at least partially on location helped with it feeling so, so Bay Area. So, um, I also said it's a great idea to give a man acrophobia in a city with such big hills. Well, it's funny. I don't because... know if you noticed that, but yeah. I like. I was like, oh my God, imagine driving down those big hills. Yeah. And there's a lot of scenes where he is driving. Um, so
1: Ebert uh, in his review said, uh, he talks about how this, how stylistically amazing this movie is. And he says uh, how Hitchcock does a lot of things with, with, with falling. And yeah. he says that you know you'll notice some of the more subtle things that the movie where the movie sneaks in the concept of falling as when Scotty only drives down San Francisco's hills never up
0: there you go and and of course Hitchcock is kind of known cinematographer like he's not the cinematographer but his direction um almost a voyeuristic quality where you're kind of look you're almost like a, a bystander watching the action happen yeah. um that that camera view is very um specific in that way a lot of times and the fact that you're going down so many hills yep. and you're part of that helps to create that sense of uh, vertigo and acrophobia Dis- disorientation it's so good like that, yeah so um san francisco seemed to be the perfect setting for this movie what are some other good san francisco movies
1: well the room <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely san francisco right yeah yeah
0: of course uh, remember you you pick a car during the scene where it just shows the golden gate bridge and yes you say, go, go, go 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 and you hope that it gets all the way across and during one of the in-between scenes because they show it like 75 times yes it the same happens. footage over and over again <laughs>
1: uh well we talked about it earlier today because i'm reading um quentin tarantino's book and one of his one of the movies it's basically all of his like a lot of his favorite movies from the 70s and each chapter is a different movie and i'm on the second chapter which is dirty harry which also takes place in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So that's another one. Uh, not, I guess not really off the top of my head because I just read it this morning. Well, it is off but,
0: the top of your head, though. But
1: yeah, no, that's another one. And uh, I I watched that movie again a while ago. I've never seen it. Uh, and I liked it, but I don't really remember it being super San I'm sure it is. I just mm-hmm. watched it when I was younger. Those are the three that come to mind.
0: Okay. I think of Zodiac. Oh, yeah. very sad. Speaking of Fincher, Mank vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I actually like Zodiac. Um, <laughs> and sorry, Mank. I, I think of Milk.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Harvey Milk, yeah. San Francisco. Yep. And I think of The Princess Diaries. Okay. Miracles happen. Yeah, which I have not I seen. seen. Oh, did, we're doing that for the podcast. Did
1: you look up a list of movies by any chance? I did afterwards. Oh, okay. And there were
0: like a ton. Of, yeah. And, of course, you have, like, the Escape from Alcatraz ones and all that. But, like, I don't really count those because those are just, like, so obvious. It's like having a movie called San Francisco. (laughs) Like, isn't there? No, it's Meet Me in St. Louis.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China.
0: Yeah, that's San Francisco I saw.
1: Bullet 1968, which was the first chapter of the Tarantino book.
0: Is 48 Hours San Francisco?
1: Yes, it is. Uh The Last Black Man in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, that is a That is. mm. Yeah. Well,
1: I guess a lot of noirs. I don't,
0: are we allowed to watch that anymore?
1: Last Black Man. Oh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, good movie though. Maltese Falcon. So another noir.
0: Mm-hmm. There's M- some noirs. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah, I never saw Mrs. Doubtfire. Really? It's a it's a blind spot for me.
1: Yeah, I've seen it. Um, it's it's good. I mean, yeah.
0: yeah. I love Robin Williams. There's
1: a lot of these movies that, well, I mean, The Room, but of course, The Disaster Artist as well. Of course. Um, yeah, there's a lot of movies here. The Birds as well.
0: Yeah, so I thought that was um, – I just – I loved I loved the setting. What are
1: your – I'm going to piggyback off that. What are some of your favorite things or least favorite things about San Francisco? Okay, so let's
0: see. Some of my favorite things include, number one, I loved Golden Gate Park. Yeah. We did – okay, so when we went to San Francisco on our, like, weird honeymoon – we had a weird honeymoon. We did. We flew into Chicago – we spent two days in Chicago, then we took an Amtrak across the rest of the United States and we stopped in Utah, which was the biggest mistake of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, Salt Lake City is not my favorite city at all. Speaking of the there is there any good movies that are set in Salt Lake City that you can think of off the top of your head? Yeah. Like uh yeah, South exactly. Park the movie. That's Bigger, Colorado. And uncut. That's Colorado. Um <laughs> Oh yeah. So anyway. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look it up. Go ahead. So we went there, and then we went to um, Yellowstone, which rocked.
1: Yellowstone was my favorite part of the whole trip. It was amazing, and I, and I like I said, I love San Francisco, but and Chicago. Yeah, Chicago was good.
0: It rained the whole time. But yeah, know, it's you know, I would, then, I would have to go back there. Me too. And then we went to San Francisco, and all on the Amtrak. It was a, it was wild, and uh, so San Francisco. Um, we were supposed to go to Yos- Yosemite, but then they canceled the bus trip like the day before. Yeah. So we were Which like, we
1: didn't mind. We were, we were, we, we were, were, were toast. tired. We were toast at that point.
0: Um. So I was like, okay, what can we do with like no notice? Because um, we had no notice. So I was like, all right, let's go to Golden Gate Park. And it was so nice. We took an Uber to a coffee shop right outside and I got a horchata iced latte, which was amazing. And then we went into the, Golden Gate Park and we walked all the way down to the ocean and you got seafood and I got Mexican food and we ate by the water and then we walked all the way back and we went to the Japanese garden. It was just such a lovely time and then we walked all the way up and down the big hills. Got ice cream? To, well before that we went to an Italian restaurant in oh, an yeah. old house um, up on the top, top, tippity top of San Francisco. And we, um, yeah, then we got ice cream. It was so lovely. I also loved my other trip with my girlfriends. We went and um, we went to. Uh, Alcatraz, which was awesome. It was so fun, and we did a whole walking tour where you put your earbud in, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Al Capone," or whatever. I forget who was there, but um, it was so. It was Al Capone? It was. He was like, "Hey, I'm Al Capone. Hey, where's my shorts? Right, Al Capone washes my shorts. Wasn't that a like a kids book? And so then. We did that and it was so fun. And then I also loved Muir Woods that I went to with my girlfriends again. Hit up Tom at like tourscom He like only takes cash and he like picks you up in a van, but it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> at least our trip was.
1: That's a great, uh, that's a great slogan for the <laughs> company, but it's totally fine.
0: <laughs> but it's totally fine. Um, so those are some of my favorite things that I loved about San Francisco, um, some of the things I didn't like as much, um, well, I think that – first of all, my calves burned so bad. I think one of the things – It's a
1: physically taxing city if is. you're going to travel. One of the things,
0: every single hotel is extraordinarily expensive.
1: The, the cost of living out there is really, really
0: high. The hotels were wild price-wise. Uh, like. And honestly, like they added like a huge tax every time, yeah. like a tourism tax, yeah. to any time you sit down to eat. So like it costs like five million dollars. Yeah, I did. I never find the. F- I I just haven't been to the right places in San Francisco. I've been to a couple really really good restaurants there, but then some that were just okay.
1: You also don't eat Asian food and you don't eat seafood. That is true. So those are two of the top cuisines. Right. In exactly. San so <laughs> I'm
0: blaming more me about this. Yeah. Um. But I have been to a couple really really good restaurants there. State bird is super good, and I had this amazing ice cream sandwich there. It was olive oil ice cream, shortbread, and it came with green onions, blackberries. I like it was the most wild thing ever. It was so delicious. Um, but yeah, I and I think that some of the touristy stuff isn't the best. Like, um, I just
1: like to go and hang out in the city. I, I don't really...
0: yeah exactly, and that's why I like to go and get parked so much. But like, if you go to the pier like 39 or whatever um oh like
1: fisherman's wharf area the fisherman's Port yeah area, it is what it super is super
0: touristy but like kind of like they sell like cheap tchotchkes yeah you know what i mean like it's old, a little jersey little, Shoreish. it's a little jersey sh- it's a yeah. little too jersey Shoreish yeah. for my liking yeah. in san francisco you know what i mean um so that you know some areas are better than others you gotta apparently like oh, there's a lot of break-ins to cars and stuff yeah but I, one of our friends uh family friends experienced that unfortunately yep um there yeah, but I mean that happens everywhere. So that, yeah. you know whatever. Um, but I love San Francisco. What it's about great. you? What's your
1: well? I mean, best and worst? you hit you hit a lot of the stuff that we did, and then the other two times I went, I went for uh, football games. So I saw the 49ers play the Giants in the NFC Championship game in the old stadium, at Candlestick, which was right near Fisherman's Wharf. That's cool. Up in that area, um, they they don't play there anymore. I don't know if the stadium's still there. Uh, they moved to Santa Clara, which is like 20, 15, 20 minutes outside the city. But when my brother and I went back to see them play the Packers in like 2019 NFC Championship game, they uh, we stayed in like the same spot. So we yeah. did the San Francisco stuff anyway. And then for the game, we drove out to, to Santa Clara. Yeah. Um, And we just did like a lot. Of, we didn't do like a lot of the touristy stuff. We didn't you did do a
0: rainforest a- cafe, right? <laughs> we did
1: do it ra- the first time. We did do a rainforest <laughs> cafe. Uh, the we did sushi. We did like things that I didn't do with you as much. Yeah. Um, we didn't really do a lot of the touristy stuff. We went to the Alcatraz gift shop, but we didn't go to Alcatraz. Yeah,
0: you got me a little seal. <laughs> yeah. And it, he, the seal, he was a little seal baby stuffed like animal, and then he had a little black and white prison outfit, and it said "rejected too cute."
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same with the Golden Gate Bridge. I got my parents a Golden Gate Bridge snow globe love that and i didn't i mean i saw the golden gate bridge but we didn't i didn't go to golden gate park that time
0: shout out my hometown for making the wire for the golden gate bridge
1: washington a roebling
0: it's my guy (laughs) is
1: is that was i right (laughs) yeah okay uh yeah no so i love san francisco and i the it has it has issues as well of course um i also liked when we met up with my friend from high school there we went to just like like a random bar and hung out for like four hours that was a blast (laughs) oh my god i loved it it was funny because i hadn't i had didn't speak to him it's a guy for, it's a guy i knew from my high school and i didn't talk to him that much in high school yeah and we just hung out for like four hours and
0: i guess isn't that kind of like a, what i just asked earlier in the episode yeah like, there's somebody from your past like yeah and then we just well like, no hung out.
1: well no because he didn't ask me for anything that's true i i had actually been in touch with him the time i went with the second time i went with my brother and i didn't we didn't get to meet up so i wanted to make sure i did it the next time and we did and it was, it was nice awesome yeah i love that i like when you when you talk to people that you haven't talked to in a while and it's like
0: and it's like in a random place
1: yeah that's cool it was a really cool experience
0: it was it was. A, i loved our honeymoon i wouldn't have changed a single thing no
1: i would have <laughs> <laughs> uh the pandemic <laughs> uh, our original plan was to go to uh, um some of the scandinavian countries. yeah original plan was denmark norway sweden and then the pandemic hit and we ended up in freaking iowa and <laughs> <laughs> nebraska and <laughs>
0: Hey, listen, it's something that <laughs> I will never ever do again. I will never in my do life, again, but I'm glad I did. But I'm so glad I did it. We had a great time. Uh, we had fun. Uh all right. What genre would you put this into? Would you put it as a psychological thriller?
1: Psychological noir thriller.
0: Okay. It there's a lot of controversy on whether it's actually a noir or not. Well,
1: because it doesn't have like the smoky rooms it's and colorful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So you would still consider it. Well a it's noir? colorful
1: in part because of the restoration. We don't know what really the color was like. Mm, previously
0: yeah um i just thought that this was a very beautifully shot movie and then i looked up like most beautiful movies and this was on zero of yeah. those lists and i'm like okay well
1: what were they what were they were they like older movies or were they like oh, they were like
0: the searchers like
1: dune oh okay dune yeah, yeah.
0: it was like like other stuff
1: we didn't see that we don't watch the search that's another john ford
0: oh really yeah Stuff like that, I'm like, okay. Um, but I guess I have to watch other movies that I didn't watch.
1: That's that's kind of the point, isn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so what's the best thing about this movie? Hmm. Did you like it, first of all?
1: I really did like it. Okay. It's not I don't know if I would put it as number one on the greatest movies of all time list. I know. I was kind of there are very obvious issues. I was with like, it, I oh, think.
0: Slay. Like, good for them. But yeah. I don't know. I definitely don't think I would. I would
1: change a lot about this movie.
0: Okay. First, what's your favorite thing? Best thing about this movie that you're like, love, not changing it?
1: I love that there was the reveal in the middle of the movie. Yeah. That she was was Madeline. Good stuff. Uh, I also loved, as I sort of alluded to, the ghost story elements of the first half of the movie gorgeous uh, I loved the painting stuff like paintings freak me out during old old classical paintings freak me out the Mona Lisa they all freak me out she's no eyebrow yeah is she smiling mm. it's like I I don't know something about those old pictures that like stare at you like they scooby doo me you know they're yeah. always looking at me love that uh, I yeah. love I, those are those types of things are really effective for me
0: great what is your least favorite thing or things about this movie that you would change you think didn't work? You're confused. You're like, what?
1: As you mentioned earlier, there is not nearly enough time to establish Madeline, Judy, and Scotty's relationship. Yeah. It's like two days. Yeah. There's not nearly enough time for that. Right. Uh, That's my main gripe with it. And my other gripe with it is probably that there's a lot of like there's a lot of extra time. I feel like that could be so filled much with... Ernie's. Yeah, no, there should be more Ernie's. <laughs> we need more Ernie's. Uh, I don't know. I think it is a really well put together movie, but there's a you know, I think the score is great. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe just there's a lot of like repetition in it, yeah. which is sort of part of the. It's part of like I the know. downward spiral. I know. Uh, so it's like there's an artistic reason for it.
0: I, that's the problem. Everything that I have that I'm like, I don't think I liked this or that there's an artistic specific like i think could be a very like a reason for it there, so it's like i can't really say i didn't like that yeah because you do a better a idea reason. <laughs> well not even that but like there was a specific reason for it do you yeah. know what i mean it's, like, a ch- it's a choice like we're not watching like a hallmark movie where i could be like the acting wasn't good you know go listen I mean?
1: to our Falling for Christmas episode.
0: Hey, that's number one. That's <laughs> it's Netflix. It's the Netflix, yeah. Number two, Lindsay Lohan's Queen.
1: Hey, oh, yeah, I didn't say anything. I said go Mother listen to, to the be. episode.
0: Um, But like this, it's harder to say because like Hitchcock's one of those like all One
1: of those guys that is way smarter than I <laughs> will ever be.
0: So it's like I thought the same thing. Like, oh, Madeline and Scotty, the, like, they're they. First of all, why would she like him? Whatever. But again, when you look at it from the perspective of this is a guy in a downward spiral, you can't trust him. He's an unreliable narrator. You can't trust that what you're watching and seeing is actually reality. Then I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool though. There's, you know, like there, there's
1: also a theory that the entire movie is him hanging on the on the from the roof. Also, and really, that the rest of the movie is that
0: right? Like that's like, a his
1: life flashing, but like something flashing before his eyes. Like that's
0: crazy. Yeah. Um. And then, like, you know, the repetition stuff. Like, yeah, do we need to see him driving down another hill? But, yeah, we kind of do because that helps establish that mood.
1: And sit with him. Well, I I will give you this. I've got – I didn't love Kim Novak. You didn't? Uh, She was good. She's,
0: like, so gorgeous, though.
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's kind of the point. Uh, Uh (laughs) She was good. I actually – I liked her a lot more as Judy than as Madeline. Really? Yeah.
0: well, first of all, when she was Madeline, she had Kira Knightley mouth, which works on <laughs> Kira Knightley, but not on many others.
1: Yeah, uh, and I I might say something a little bit controversial here. Um, Never. I understand that it's the product of the time; it's the product of what movies were like back then. But Jimmy Stewart is so Hollywood and everything. Like his the, the word the, the words that he and the way that he says the words are so like ah oh, my See, you know like. Sometimes and then he
0: like pulls this thing when his like pants are up to here. Yeah, and he's got the suspenders. Like, hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. sometimes
1: it takes me out of it. Takes me out of some stuff.
0: It's just in you know, the old school movies. Yeah, but it didn't really. Ha- it doesn't really happen to me with all old school movies. But if yeah, you watch a lot more than I do, for nowadays. some reason,
1: for some reason, with him in particular, he's just so like even in Liberty Valance, like him against John Wayne, it's, they're, they're two totally different actors, and he has that sort of like polished vibe, which just mm-hmm. works for the movie, but. I don't know. Sometimes he sort of, he sort of, I sit down and I'm like, I'm, out of I'm watching a movie, you know, rather than I'm experiencing this art, you know?
0: Feel that. I'm just like, And so... that's just
1: nitpicking. He's great.
0: It's such a problem for me that you started watching, you're in your movie watching era. Yeah. And. Welcome. A little while ago, like a couple years ago, I had seen so many more movies than you. And I was so much better at like, not necessarily movie trivia, but like kind of like I knew. So I, I know so many people and like random stuff that people are in and you are like catching up.
1: It's a different it's a different thing. Like you, I could probably hit you with more and I'm not an expert by any means, but I could probably hit you with more like 50, 60, 70 stuff. You can hit me more with 2010s, 2000s, really 2000s Uh and 90s stuff like it's like we're we have different areas of expertise
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i don't even i don't consider myself an expert on any of these early time periods but just by comparison
0: i consider myself an expert in like i know that person from x yeah i'm pretty good at that yeah like if i see somebody in a movie i'm like or a tv show i'm like well they were in this movie yeah. like random <laughs> yeah
1: yeah um, well i mean the difference is uh you have a lot of time downstairs during the day with the baby which of course you're not just sitting around you're right parenting a child but you know there's a lot of below deck there's a lot of vanderpump rules there's a lot of uh housewives which is fine but you could catch up if you wanted to
0: oh <laughs> i am so sorry like the last Okay, but like I also watched that collector's show on Netflix. Okay, I watched the Sarah Lawrence cult docu series. These are all
1: fine. I'm not. And cr- I
0: also am in the middle of Junior Bake Off.
1: <laughs> I'm not criticizing High you. am class. What I'm, what I'm saying is, if you wanted to catch up, there's opportunities to catch up.
0: Okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, catch up? Are you joking? You mean. Mustered like mustered up enough energy to do anything in my life because i had a baby oh man i can hardly mustered up enough to like not like, slap me in the
1: face right now like,
0: like the part in the movie where he's like in a psych ward like <laughs> staring straight just,
1: ahead you literally said this is like me all day <laughs> Just like what is it? A, gear, a freaking and i'm like pass? I'm Why like playing know? Mozart in the background, like Midge being like, "Oh, it's okay, honey, you're gonna be great." And you're just like <laughs> staring straight ahead, glassy eyed.
0: Like literally, our child has slept through the night every night for the past like three months, and I still am like, "How am I gonna catch up on sleep?" Yeah, like I'm still maybe
1: by not recording a podcast. <laughs> Ten o'clock at night.
0: I'm like, we're making this one short, and I'm like going on about mustard jokes.
1: Alright, what's the best scene in this movie?
0: <sighs> That's hard. Honestly, I like the stalking scene. It wasn't the, stalking, it was like PIing.
1: His first like the f- the first like third of the movie that yeah. like that time.
0: And I know people were like, Oh, it really picks up the second half. Well, the but plot, I kinda like the, the plot p- picks beginning. up
1: the plot twists and the plot beats pick up in the second half, but the first half is more filled with the tension.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and I like the first scene where he's jumping and...
1: With the with the, the chase. That
0: was wild. The yeah.
1: chase is on. The,
0: the chase is on.
1: That's for nobody. That reference is for no <laughs> Sarah one.
0: Sarah Haynes fans. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah Haynes is
1: listening. We got you. Okay. Uh, my two are... I like those, but my two are the dream sequence. Of course. Of course it is. I was going to say that it was you were going a freaky dream that. sequence. Of course you're going to pick that. Uh, and the sequence from when she puts on the pendant through the end. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, I also liked when they were at Ernie's.
1: Well, yeah, all the Ernie scenes. I
0: like any time where they're just vibing. Like I liked when he was in Midge's apartment. Her apartment was cool. Yeah, it was. I just that's
1: a real apartment. Like that's a real, like that apartment is like can oversees the city. I love that. Yeah, and it was, I think the building was open until like 2019 or something.
0: So cool. Yeah. I would love to go and do like a self-guided vertigo.
1: Yeah, but everything's tour. gone now except for like the redwoods <clears throat> and probably the, like, and probably the mission is probably still there. But the mission like Ernie. The bell tower uh doesn't exist. That was put in in post.
0: Imagine at if the mission. Imagine if my aunt's dog owned that restaurant. Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> the dog Ernie.
1: Oh man. Uh what is do you have any best quotes?
0: <laughs> All right. So as if I remember any quotes ever except for, like, iconic ones. And honestly, it was kind of like, there's no well, real I iconic quotes. I don't remember them though. either, but
1: I wrote them down.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that I was supposed to do this. You didn't I, tell me I this. ask
1: you for a best scene and a best quote for each of the last, like, five episodes. I never
0: know, and I never have an answer.
1: Uh, best quote, I have two, of course. Because, you know, picking up the slack here. Uh, <laughs> I have, Gavin says, do you believe, right in the beginning when he's, like, asking about him to follow her he says do you believe that someone out of the past someone dead can enter and take possession of a living being he was like no he was like no and that's exactly what happens to him oh yeah yeah that's
0: whoa right right
1: uh and my other one (laughs) my other one that's wild (laughs) my other one is uh towards the end scotty says one doesn't often get a second chance i want to stop being haunted you're my second chance judy you're my second chance it's very like desperate it's also not true it's also no. It was he just screwed up that chance too. Thanks to that nun.
0: The movie is not funny.
1: No, except for Ernie's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I find I think a lot of Hitchcock stuff is pretty humorless.
0: Really? Yeah. I think he's just funny looking. He is. So I'm like, it oh, was. he's kind of funny. Like, yeah. but no, it's. Where's the
1: slapstick not. in uh, the Birds?
0: <laughs> there's no, you know, there's no crazy fun stuff in Psycho. <laughs> you mean?
1: Um. Did you recast?
0: Oh no, I forgot. Who's gonna direct? That's the real question. If you're recasting,
1: well, well, I think like I think like David Fincher, obviously, with again third Mank reference of the (laughs) other. David Fincher like owes his career to freaking Hitchcock.
0: First of all, enough Mank. (laughs) Please, no more Mank.
1: Um,
0: I'm Manked out. (laughs) Thank
1: you very much,
0: (laughs) Boz Lerman. Actually, we kind of, That would be a very unique Vertigo. take.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: Um, what about who did Robert Eggers?
1: Who did like The Northman and The Witch?
0: And, to the lighthouse.
1: The lighthouse, yeah.
0: Yeah, I pick him. He's
1: doing a. I think he's doing a Nosferatu remake next. Which
0: Nosferatu? Like, yeah,
1: like yeah. It's actually he's just remaking the SpongeBob <laughs> episode.
0: I think that
1: is, Werner Herzog yeah. can do Vertigo. Oh,
0: I love Werner Herzog. <laughs> Sad beige movies for sad <laughs> beige people. Why don't we let
1: uh, Chad Stahelski, who did the John Wick movies, do, do Vertigo? Mm,
0: that would be an interesting <laughs> turn it into, Just turn it,
1: turn it into a completely different thing.
0: That would be interesting.
1: Yeah, that, th- those are some good ones.
0: Why um, not Olivia Wilde? <laughs> don't worry, darling.
1: Gavin can be Harry Styles. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Uh,
1: okay, those are my questions uh discussion let's see any good ones any good ones what did i have to say here um i wrote there's only one johnny in movies to me which is of course johnny how come
0: there's so many johnny famous characters in san francisco Francisco
1: movies i don't know um i wrote love the lady who runs the hotel she's obsessed with her rubber plant
0: she's queen she was like i'm spraying my rubber plant with olive oil (laughs) (laughs) like okay
1: um Big sad boy energy from Scotty. Just go grab some Taco Bell and throw on some Phoebe Bridgers and cry it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wrote that after the trial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is a bit emo. <laughs> um,
1: oh, one thing I noticed was had to do with the mirrors, and then I found something after the fact that like confirmed what I was talking about. So I wrote during the movie that there's a lot of mirrors that reflect, especially Madeline and Judy. Uh, and then as I was writing that, like as Judy's talking about going to Ernie's with Johnny and she puts on the necklace. Yeah. The camera's angled so that you only see Judy. You don't see her reflection. Yeah. So that's the moment, at least in our protagonist's eyes, that Judy and Madeline become one. You don't see the two of them. There's like bum. a really smart way of depicting that. And then I found, um, gorgeous. Uh, I think that this was from the Ebert review. Uh, says or it could be from IMDb trivia I don't know my two resources shortly after uh, Scotty meets Judy he invites her to dinner at Ernie's the two can be seen side by side in the mirror at the restaurant this hints that like his evil double Gavin he's about to remake her into Madeline and that she will suffer the same fate as the real Madeline
0: I just am like can't we find another restaurant no like- we just went
1: to a restaurant that we used to go to like once a week when we lived at our other at our other place
0: yeah but that was cranberry pizza
1: yeah shout out cranberry pizza Shout out Ernie's.
0: (laughs) Shout out Ernie's. Forget it. I love Ernie's.
1: One other thing I noticed was there's three chase scenes in this movie. Okay. There's the opener. There's the opener. There's the first tower scene. And then there's the second one, which is less of a chase scene and more of like a bottom up scene. It's like a, hey. Uh, They all had wildly different tones and they all got slower and slower. (gasps) Uh, That's true. I wrote heart pounding excitement to curious mystery to slow pure terror.
0: See what I mean? Like I can't criticize... The choices in this movie yeah. because they were purposeful. Everything was purposeful. Yeah. And I find it hard to criticize things that are, like, not, like, wildly offensive or, or like, right, 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 wrong or whatever. If, like, that was a choice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, like, that's what helped make the movie what it was. Yeah. Unless it's Tree of Life.
1: <laughs> One other thing I noticed was that uh, there's the... T- when he kisses her the first time and she runs up, when Judy runs up as Madeline the first time, yeah. she says something about how it's too late for them to be together. She keeps saying, it's too late. It's too late. And then at the end, um, he is saying that to her when she's like, no, I love you. We can be together. And he's like, no, no, it's too late. It's too late. And then the nun pops out. So it's like it was a little bit of like a, a callback to that previous moment, uh, which I thought was cool. Um, Yeah. So those were my comments as I was watching.
0: Smart comments.
1: Thank you. I try. So we'll do some trivia.
0: My comments were like, whoa. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) So they turned the hotel where he finds her. um,
0: The Empire?
1: Into Hotel Vertigo. Oh, really? It was called uh, in Lower Nob Hill in San Francisco. Uh, As of 2023, it's closed. Ah, they're rats. Um, So the view down the stairwell that Vertigo shot cost (laughs) $19,000. Is
0: that a lot or not? To make
1: it. For a couple of seconds of screen time.
0: Yeah, that's probably a lot.
1: That's probably about as much of about, um, say, like f- four frames of Avatar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, is that a lot? But $19,000 in
1: 1958? Yeah, that's a lot of money. Okay. Um, in a later interview, Sir Alfred Hitchcock, Sir Alfred Hitchcock, <gasps>
0: uh,
1: said he believed Kim Novak was miscast and that she was the wrong actress for the part.
0: That's so mean. Yeah. No, but I just
1: don't like. He said that. it was his fault. Like, I don't care. Okay. Like
0: that hurt probably hurt her feelings. Okay. Like um, when when Donald Trump told her to, like she should sue her plastic surgeon in 2019. Her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you say that? Uh, There's so many things that I'm just like people need to just not say it because it's kind of mean. Like when I said that young Sheldon was creepy, I feel really bad about that. <laughs> like he's not creepy.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, this movie's poster was selected as number three by premiere of the 25 best movie posters ever.
0: It is a great poster. Yeah. Uh,
1: the name Madeline refers to Mary Magdalene, uh, which in Hebrew comes from the word tower, Magdalene.
0: Whoa.
1: Uh, Madeline is the only name of the four main characters from the original French novel that was retained. Judy uh, was Renee in the book, um, which which uh, comes from the word reborn.
0: Mm.
1: So, like Judy. That's so cool. Shout out uh, (laughs) Renée Zellweger, too. As Judy. Judy. (laughs) Whoa, what the? Hitchcock lives. Uh, Yeah, Hitchcock frequently dined at Ernie's when he would visit San Francisco. It's just iconic. Uh, I wish
0: it was still around. We we would go.
1: He also cast the the major D in The Bartender in Vertigo. (laughs) The real people from the restaurant that's amazing uh they were flown to hollywood for filming on the set because it was the set of uh the movie at that point um yeah i'm not even gonna go through the vertigo effect it's on imdb trivia i don't know i don't know what it's talking about like the technical aspects of it no need um hitchcock contemplated editing judy's flashback sequence because he was worried that audiences would lose interest if it was revealed too early.
0: It's not that I would lose interest. I was just like on my phone, which I don't think he was no, worried no, no. about in 1958. <laughs> no,
1: well, if he was. He was more visionary than we thought he was. <laughs> um, two screenings for critics were held, one with the flashback and the other without it. With the flashback, critics for those screenings called it Hitchcock's best movie. And yeah. Without it, critics called it one of his worst movies. I
0: think it's a must. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: This is Kim Novak's last appearance in an Alfred Hitchcock film, following his unspoken rule of never reusing the actor of a leading character who dies in a later film. Apparently, He's so random. Apparently, as he believed that if the same actor showed up again, it would lessen the impact of their earlier death scene.
0: That is not true.
1: Janet Leigh's sole appearance in a Hitchcock film, Psycho, also follows the rule. By contrast, Grace Kelly, Ingrid Bergman, Joan Fontaine, and Tippi Hedren each made multiple Hitchcock they films, live. but none of their characters died or were murdered. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, for all my tippy heads out there. That's a great name. Yeah. She was in The Birds, right? Those, yeah. Yep. Uh, and casting. The one casting thing I have, because I don't know any of these people uh, from back then. Marilyn Monroe campaigned heavily to be um Judy. She
0: would have been great. I mean, here's the thing, though. She was more of a comedy girl.
1: Hitchcock feared her immense fame would overshadow everything else. Fair. Uh, and he also was a really controlling director. And he was like, I want, I want to have as much control over my set as possible. And
0: that usually didn't happen with, with my um, girl.
1: Although... He was on her approved list of directors to work with. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Um they never obviously never did, but
0: um, I love my girl, Norma Jean.
1: Yeah, those are my trivias. I
0: don't like blonde.
1: Oh. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> garbage. Blonde or mank.
0: I mank. Blonde times out of ten. was so bad. Yo, I'm a mank stand <laughs>
1: All right. So Roger Ebert review. This is no joke. One of the best Roger Ebert reviews I've ever read. So I'm gonna sort. Of, I'm not gonna do the. Oh
0: Lord, Tom's getting into Stan era. I got a lot of
1: uh, Ebert gave it. What do you think? Four, four stars out of four. out of four. He wrote the review October thirteenth, nineteen ninety six. So
0: it, it was, was a, after the remaster.
1: Yes, yes. There you go. Uh, he he frames it as about Hitchcock himself. So he says. Vertigo, which is one of the two or three best films Hitchcock ever made, is the most confessional, dealing directly with the themes that controlled his art. It is about how Hitchcock used, feared, and tried to control women. He's represented by Scotty, uh, he, who falls obsessively in love with the image of a woman, and not any woman, but the quintessential Hitchcock woman. When he cannot have her, he finds another woman and tries to mold her, dress her, train her, change her makeup and her hair until she looks like the woman he desires. He cares nothing about the clay he is shaping. He will gladly sacrifice her on the altar of his dreams. Mm. But, of course, the woman he is shaping and the woman he desires are the same person. Um, Talks about the murder plot. When he finds out he was tricked, his rage is uncontrollable. He screams out the words, did he train you? Each syllable is a knife in his heart as he spells out that another man shaped the woman that Scotty thought to shape for himself. The other man has taken not merely Scotty's woman, but Scotty's dream. That creates a moral paradox at the center of vertigo. The other man, Gavin, has, after all, only done this to this woman what Scotty also wanted to do. Uh-huh. And while the process was happening, the real woman, Judy, transferred her allegiance from Gavin to Scotty, and by the end was not playing her role for money, but as a sacrifice for love. Then he talks about when she comes out of the bathroom in the green haze, and he says as Hitchcock cuts back and forth between Novak's face, showing such pain, such sorrow, such a will to please, and Stewart's in a rapture of lust and gratified control, we feel hearts being torn apart. They are both slaves of an image fabricated by a man who is not even in the room, Gavin, who created quote unquote Madeline as a device to allow himself to get away with the murder of his wife. As Scotty embraces Madeline, even the background changes to reflect his subjective memories instead of the real room. He's in Mm -hmm. Bernard Herrmann's score uh, creates a haunting unsettled yearning and the camera circles them. Hopefully like the pinwheel images in Scotty's nightmares until the shot is about the dizzying futility of our human desires. The impossibility of forcing life to make us happy. This shot, in its psychological, artistic, and technical complexity, may be the one time in his entire career that Alfred Hitchcock completely revealed himself in all of his passion and sadness. He was a great visual stylist in two ways. He used obvious images and surrounded them with a subtle context. Consider the obvious ways he suggests James Stewart's vertigo. An opening shot shows him teetering on a ladder looking down at a street below. Flashbacks show why he left the police force. A bell tower at a mission terrifies him, and Hitchcock creates a famous shot to show his point of view. The space has the logic of a nightmare, but then notice less obvious ways, like I said before, that the movie sneaks in the concept of falling, as when Scotty drives down San Francisco's hills but never up, and note how truly he falls in love. There's another element rarely commented on that makes Vertigo a great film. From the moment we are let in on the secret, the movie is equally about Judy. Her pain, her loss, the trap she's in. Hitchcock so cleverly manipulates the story so that when the two characters climb up that mission tower we identify with both of them and fear for both of them and in a way judy is less guilty than scotty the danger is to see judy as an object in the same way that scotty sees her she is in fact one of the most sympathetic female characters in all of hitchcock wow over and over in his films hitchcock took delight in literally and figuratively dragging his women through the mud humiliating them spoiling their hair and clothes as if lashing at his own fetishes judy in vertigo is the closest he ever came to sympathizing with the female victims of his plots and Novak, criticized at the time for playing the character too stiffly, has made the correct acting choices. Ask yourself how you would move and speak if you were in unbearable pain, and then look again at Judy. Hmm. Ebert's unreal. Nobody
0: doesn't like Ebert. Nobody I, doesn't like Hitchcock.
1: Nobody doesn't like Ebert, baby. Yeah. Ebert is the Hitchcock of reviews. <laughs>
0: He's amazing.
1: He's unreal. Love. Um, We just talked about this movie for probably, I don't know how long it's been, but like, Ebert took it to a t- another level in, in four paragraphs.
0: Oh, we're like our son. <laughs> the the Yeah the, exactly. The. <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh yeah, so that is that's all I got on Vertigo. Oh, wait, the tagline. So I've I've been I love taglines. Um and I looked up the tagline for this movie and one of the taglines apparently was a Hitchcock thriller. You should see it from the beginning. What? <laughs> that's the like thing I would
0: say. <laughs> How about my tagline, verdict: Go see this movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what's on our little light box here. If you're not with on, a little Megan twist, because yes. I ran out of ease, yes. so I put
0: a three at the end.
1: Uh, th- another tagline: Somewhere, somehow, he'd loved and killed that self same girl before. <laughs> that's,
0: that's like it. It was like originally in a different language, and they put it into <laughs> Google Translate. <laughs>
1: Oh Wait, man! say that again. Uh,
0: somewhere, somehow, he done loved that, killed the girl.
1: Uh, I'm like what? It's somewhere, somehow he would loved and killed that self same girl before. The
0: self same is is getting me. Just
1: say same. <laughs> Just say same.
0: Okay, I had to like. That's it. Let me tell you something though. I had to edit a um a little something earlier which ended up changing the yes, whole yes, thing. Yes, yes. Yes. Like people need to not write the same word tw- like words with the same meaning right next to each other. Yeah. Where it's like he's a dedicated committed person. That's the same thing. Yeah. Choose one. That's okay. my PSA as an English teacher.
1: Yes. Um yeah, so the tagline's not great. There were more of them and none of them were very good. I loved them. They're excellent taglines. <laughs> 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 vertigo see this movie okay so does vertigo wait make...
0: wait what about my i thought you always do a life lesson takeaways
1: no well we we say does it go on first and then oh, okay, we're doing takeaways okay, okay, yeah. does vertigo 1958 go on baby's first watch list yeah yeah it does yeah, you good. can't if he likes movies then like you can't you can't really love movies and not watch movies like this love that for you okay and so- me yeah. <laughs> and us. <laughs> so what are your takeaways?
0: <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, my takeaway is this. It's like chill <laughs> like chill out, dude. Like you don't need to like worry that much. You know? <laughs> like okay, let me just say this. If like you need the love of your life tragically something bad happens to her, don't find a double.
1: Yes. Don't force somebody else to be a double. Yeah. That's basically... uh, You want to know the Hitchcock twist? I didn't write one. (laughs) I didn't write a takeaway. (laughs) But basically what I'm thinking is something the the same. Like,
0: listen listen to what other people want. Yeah. How about don't make people bleach their hair? Also, the biggest lie ever in this movie. You could tell this was written by a man. Do you know how I know one line when uh, he goes to the hairdresser and he's like, so can you do it? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's the easiest hair color to do. Bleaching someone's hair is (laughs) very like you can't just like make it perfectly blonde in like an hour.
1: Hitchcock, baby. Movie magic.
0: What was the movie where like somebody dyed their hair and it didn't get absolutely everywhere? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. someone like dyed their hair in the middle of the movie, like (laughs) blue. And then the bathroom was Was pristine. I was Uh, like.
1: For some reason, closer is coming to mind, but I don't think it was closer. I don't think it
0: was, but I was just oh, I think I forget what it was. But like I was like, well, that's your first like reason why this is awful. Yeah, like the bathroom is like absolutely perfect, not a splotch of blue dye anywhere.
1: I'll try and I'll try and figure it out for next episode. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so next episode is our Mother's Day episode. Uh, so it's gonna be Mama Mia, and Erin's mom's gonna be on.
0: Yeah, two mommies.
1: Yeah. And Mama Three
0: mia. mamas, Mama yeah. Mia, me and my mom. Yeah,
1: Meryl, <laughs> me and my mom.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be unhinged. My mom is taking it very seriously. She's already watched the movie. Yeah, she said it's way sillier than she remembered. I didn't love it the first time I watched it, but I'm 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 open. I'm open to a rewatch. I I mean it's a great movie. So sure, of course you'll love it. Sure, and it's got Manx star Amanda Seyfried.
1: <laughs> oh, manka Mia
0: all right i think that's it right all right
1: yeah that's it so we will see you next week keep following keep doing stuff keep sharing our t- rick rick talks and Teals <laughs> tiktok's so reels late. uh yeah just support uh any way you can i right. love that i love it we will see you next week for mama mia bye bye see you later
0: here we go again <laughs>